All right, good evening. How's, How's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody's having a blessed day as we are today. We want to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day, another day in the land of the living and another day to get our acts right and get our lives more aligned to God's word. If you're new here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm program where we like to do live Bible studies and go deeper into the Bible where you may not be so familiar with or where your church might not like to cover. We like to bring a lot of those verses out. And if you're not new, if you've been with us for a while, welcome back. Welcome back. We're glad to have you back. Glad to be able to try to make scriptures more known. And this is week 30. Long time. <laughs> week number 30. So as you can see from the title, we're going to be talking about trusting God. Do you really trust God? We all know the famous scripture, the work of Solomon. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. But do we really trust God? Do we really, when everything hits the fan, when the situation looks like it's just not going to work out, do we really trust God with 100% that he's going to work it out? Or do we always run to somebody or something that doesn't mean us any good and can only provide a temporary solution? So that's what we're going to get get to tonight. Do we really trust God or not? So without any further ado, thank you for those who uh, those who you will tune in. And I'll turn it over to Minister Tony Banks. All right, before we move too far tonight, we would like to bow our heads and say a prayer. And if you guys are in a position that you can, do it with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity to study your word, Lord, to get closer to you, to grow our relationship in you. Lord, we thank you for everything that you have done for us over the days, the weeks, the years. Lord, we thank you for just how you love us, how you care about us, how you show us tender tender love, care, and mercy, Lord. You, you've just been so gracious to us, Lord, and we can never say thank you. So, Lord, we're praying for everyone out there, Lord, the sick, the shut-in, the afflicted, Lord, people being affected by hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever it is, Lord, earthquakes. Lord, we're praying that people losing their job. Lord, we're praying for everyone that even in the midst of their storm, Lord, that they would see you. They would see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, Lord, we're praying that you would put us in a position so that we can help people so that so that it'd be more than just oh i'm gonna pray for you that it be let me do this for you lord we're praying that we can be put in that position so that we can not only talk but we can act upon your word so we're praying these many blessings in your name jesus amen amen and we have a comment already from ann ann says hello hello ann. hello and thanks for joining us again good to see you back ann Good to see you. Definitely uh, continue to ask questions. So um, as Melvin already mentioned, we're going to talk about, we're going to look at if we really trust God. Let's go to Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Actually, let's start at verse 1. Let's just start at verse 1. Verse 1. All right, starting at Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments. Solomon, the wisest person to ever live, obviously, besides Jesus. He's giving us some words of advice here to not forsake the commandments of God. Mm -hmm. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Now, this is why God tells us to do stuff. We don't understand it, but he says... It'll add days to your life. You'll have peace in your life. 
another scripture said, he'll make your enemies be at peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. So he wants to do these things for us, but a lot of times we bring a lot of things upon ourselves. But let's let's go down. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Mm -hmm. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Mm -hmm. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. Now, this is some beautiful writing by Solomon. He says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. I was talking to one of my friends and he began to tell me how this was his favorite verse. And so <laughs> me being the person that I am, I asked him, I said, what does it mean? And he was telling me about how you just shouldn't get mad at God, um, which is true. He was right. But I asked him, I wanted to know, how is it that we lean not to our own understanding? Because I've heard people say it often, but how do we actually do that? I want to go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. And we'll start at verse 13. Because, like I said, we use this verse a lot. But how can we differentiate between our understanding and God's understanding? Because how can we not lean to our own? Because for so many years of our lives, that's all we know is our way, our own understanding, our thoughts. So how can we automatically say that's, God th that's God's thought and this is my thought? So let's look at uh, the Matthew 14 and 13. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. What we're going to see here is Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, he was just killed. So now Jesus heard it and he went to a desert place to be by himself to pray and Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick now even though he was grieving he was trying to go be alone he already knew this was going to happen but he seen these people's needs he put them he put their needs over his own I remember I was talking to another guy it's been years ago and he was telling me how Jesus was trying to be alone, yet people still bothered him. And he kind of seemed upset when he told me. But if we understand God, we understand he's about esteeming others over you. And so this is what Jesus portrayed to us. So he saw them. He was moved with compassion. And he healed their sick. Now notice it said it was a great multitude, though. There was a lot of people. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. Uh, do you still have the large text? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, when the evening happened, when it was about to be nightfall, when it got late in the day, his own disciples now, these were people that he called to be preachers. They said, look, <laughs> it's getting late. Send these people away. Send them home. Send them somewhere, anywhere but here with us. Send them somewhere else so that they can buy food. They can buy necessities. They can buy something to eat, to survive, to live. Because we need the strength of the food we take in to live. We don't have any strength of our own. All right. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Give ye them to eat. Now, that's what he told the preacher to do. He said, look, you give them something to eat. You don't need to send them away. We shouldn't have preachers and and churches and all these organizations sending people away. He said, no, you help them. Now, this is not to say that the church should... Uh, supply everything for you and you do nothing for the church that's not what this is saying but it is still the preacher's job to provide for you that's what he taught his disciples today we got it all off track but here he said you give them something to eat and they said unto him we have here but five loaves and two fishes now we know this story We've heard of this story. Even if you haven't read the Bible much at all or ever, you've heard of two fish and five loaves, how he fed over 5,000. So Jesus said, you feed them. And we find out, they say, all we have is two fish and five loaves. They actually got it from a little boy. Tells us in a different chapter, but we're not going to go to that. So let's go to verse 18. He said, bring them hither to me. Bring them to me, he says. Bring what you have to me. Now, if we look at this situation at face value, if we trust in our own understanding, our own understanding would say, I don't care what he does. There is no way you can feed over 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. <laughs> they didn't bring two whales to them. <laughs> but they brought two fit two small fish. So there's no way. Through our own understanding, through our own eyes, our own lens, our own knowledge, we say there's no way this can happen. There is no way. But do we trust God? Because he will make a way out of no way every time. It's magic. Once we do it like he said, though, that's when the magic begins. Because notice he said, bring what you have to me. Even though it may look like it's not going to work, it looks like it's not going to be enough. When you turn it over to God, because Jesus, we already made the confession that he's God manifest in the flesh. So once you turn it over to God and do it exactly as he says, the magic happens. 
But that's the thing about us as people. If we were his disciples, if we are put in that situation, we would say, Gee, what are you going to do with that, man? You, <laughs> two fit. Jesus, it's five. He must not be understanding. It's 5,000 people here. It's over 5,000 because the Bible tells you that it was 5,000 men, not even counting the women and children that were there. So we don't even know how many were truly there. It's over 5,000. So we would look at that and say, you must not have understood. Do we have to do a head count? Do we have to do a head count again to get Jesus to understand there's too many people here? But he said, look, I don't want to hear that now. That's not what he's talking about. He said, just bring it to me. Because that's how God has operated throughout centuries, throughout uh, the beginning of time God has operated in ways that doesn't even make sense it doesn't make sense to our understanding but we, when we come to God we look for everything to make sense so do you really trust in God or are you looking for everything to make sense because in the beginning, God is going to tell you a lot of things that make no earthly sense. It makes no logical sense. But that's the way we think. So Jesus said, bring it to me. Just bring it to him. If we take what we have to God, he'll make it enough. He will multiply it. He will do some addition to it. And we won't see it. It'll be magic. When <laughs> the first miracle that Jesus did, they said, we've run out of wine. He was at a wedding and his mother Mary came to him. They were out of wine. She said, whatever Jesus tells you to do, talking to the servants there, talking to the workers there, whatever, you, whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Don't fight them. Don't look at them and say, man, this don't make sense. See, even at, even at the wedding, Jesus said, look, fill up these pitchers with water. If someone looks at that from a natural standpoint, you would say, what are you going to do with this? I don't see no grapes. How you going to? We said we wanted some wine, man, not some water. We already got plenty of water. I could have did that. We, we start getting so smart when... When the Lord tells us to do things, we get so intelligent. We start using our, uh, <laughs> we start using our degree, our intellect. Well, if, if you define this word, we start doing all kinds of stuff, and we ultimately end up outsmarting ourselves because God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confuse the wise. That's what God has done. So. When you come to God, he's not looking for your intellect. He's not looking for how far did you go in school. He's not looking for uh, how many A's did you get on your report card. That's not what he's looking for. When you come to God, he looks for obedience. That's what he's looking for because 
everything that doesn't make sense, he'll make it make sense. But do you trust him enough to follow him even through the times where it doesn't make sense? Because like I said, at the wedding, that didn't make sense. He said, fill these pigeons up with water. That, that didn't make sense. But Mary told the servants, as I'm telling you, whatever Jesus said, just do it. Because magic will happen. Magic will happen. It'll be a magic show. <laughs> if you want to see a magic show, come to the Lord. Because he will make things happen. So Jesus here tells the disciple, bring me what you have. He, he's not looking for you to go get something you don't have. Just bring to me what you do have. Bring it to him. All right, in verse 19. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. Now look at the order of which he did it. He sat the people down. Had his disciples do it. It tells us in the other place. It doesn't tell us here. But they brought the food to him. The two fish and the five loaves. He blessed it. He blessed it. Now if he blesses something. God's hearing it. Because Jesus told the Lord. He said you always hear me. Because he always pleases God. See. God may not hear Tony sometimes. I don't mean physically he doesn't hear me, but God doesn't have to do anything I ask him. He doesn't have to do anything I say. But his son Jesus always pleases him because sometimes Tony does not please God. Sometimes Tony is wrong. But they tell me there was no guile found in the mouth of Jesus. They tell me he never has sinned. He has never done wrong. So he is our intercessor to God. He is the mediator. So he has the ability to get connected with God every time. So he blessed it and turned around and gave it back. To the disciples he put it back in their hands he didn't take the food and hand it out himself because in the beginning he told the disciples he said you guys feed them he was teaching them how to take care of people so today if you are doesn't matter what church you go to they should be taking care of you and if they are not <laughs> I say it as humbly as I know how. You should be looking for another place. I, I don't even want to get into that. So, do we trust God though? Because in every situation, we start looking with our natural eyes. Even when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they ended up in the wilderness 
God took them away that they knew not. They became uncomfortable. They never been the way they've been before, the way they went before. They never have been that way. And on top of that, they get out there and now they find out they don't have any water. <laughs> so they begin to talk against Moses and against God and say, well, why did God bring us out here? <laughs> God don't know what he's doing. They didn't trust him. Because as soon as a situation starts to look down, we feel as if God doesn't know what he's doing. But do we trust him? Can we trust him? Will we trust him? If something is not going our way, hold on to God yet and still. Because as long as we bring what it is to him, he'll bless it. We have to bring it to him. But how do we bring it to him? But let's keep let's keep going down here. Verse 20. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. Mm -hmm. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men beside women and children. My God. He fed five thousand. Over five thousand. People were fed by two fish and five loaves. They all ate and got full. They didn't eat a pinch just to say I eat, I eat something. No, they got they ate to get full. And after they all ate, that's when Jesus allowed the disciples to eat twelve baskets, one for each one of them. So he's showing, he's showing us all something here. He's showing the people, if you bring it to God, he'll multiply. And he's showing the preacher, if you do it right, God's going to take care of you too. He's showing us all a lesson here. But can we trust God even when it doesn't make sense? Because that's, that's a hard thing to do because they've been telling us since we... Since we were able to have an understanding, they told us that we have five senses. <laughs> and God better make some sense out of one of those five. Because otherwise, we're not going to listen to him. But God is beyond our five senses. <laughs> he is beyond that. Let's, let's actually move over to the book of Mark, the 10th chapter. Because a lot of times we'll say, yeah, I trust, I trust God. Until, like I've been saying, he tells us something that we just don't think is right. We just don't think we should do it that way. We, we all have a way that we feel is best to do something. And if someone tells us a different way, it's like, nah, I got my own way. I don't want to do it that way. But God's way is way better than our way. But we don't want to do it God's way. Let's look at uh, Mark 10 and verse 17. We'll see someone here who didn't trust in the Lord. 
And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, he wanted to find out what he needed to do to have eternal life. Isn't that what we all want? After every funeral, we're all, a lot of us are saying, I'm going to see Johnny in heaven. I'll see Bill in heaven. I'll see uh, my mama in heaven. We're all saying that we all want eternal life. There's nothing wrong with that either. We should all want eternal life. So this man asked a question for us, for us all. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Are you trying to call him God? <laughs> mm -hmm. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Jesus said, You know what you have been told to do. You know what God told you to do. Do that and you will live. The man said, Look, I've been doing that. I've observed it. I don't know if he did it or not, but he said, I know what you're talking about. I already know that. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Now, he challenged this man, but the same challenge is to each and every one of us. He said, there's one thing that you hadn't done, though. Because it's one thing to say, I trust God. But put your finances, put your finances up and find out if you really trust him or not. He said, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, take up your cross, follow me. If you do that, you'll have treasure in heaven. You have to deny yourself and follow me. That's trust. When you go against your own will, your own desires, when you put your finances up, that's trust. Let's look at the man's response. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. He trusted in his riches more than he trusted in God. And that's us. See, we want millions of dollars. That's what we want. We want to be rich. We want to be wealthy. Because we say, man, if I just get like that, I won't have anything to worry about. But no, God said, if you get me on your behalf, you won't have anything to worry about. But we say, no, God, God, I know what you're saying. Our relationship is good. What I need is, is a lot of money. That's what I really need. That money, I, I can do something with money now. But money won't buy your way into heaven. Only your trust in God. But our focus is not on him. So Jesus tells the man, he said, sell whatever you have. Give to the poor. Deny yourself and come and follow me. 
And the man, he didn't want to do that. Why? Because he did not truly trust in the Lord. He did. So put yourself in this situation. Think about if it were you. Can you trust in the Lord? Because our own understanding says this don't make sense. Why would he tell him to do that? That that just ain't gonna work. What what's wrong with him having his own? <laughs> when we trust, when we lean to our own understanding, God can't operate because we won't allow Him to. Because He's not going to force us to do anything. So that's the position that we find ourselves in. We will trust God for certain things and some stuff we say, God, keep your hands off that one though. I, I just don't want to talk about that one, God. You, you know I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> certain things, God, I just don't want you to touch. But something uh, superficial, something small, I'll let you do that, God. That, that ain't that big. That, that's not... But certain situations, we just can't trust them. We just can't trust them. Do you trust God with your life? I'm reminded of Peter when they came to take Jesus to crucify him, to put him on trial before they crucified him. Peter had told Jesus he would die for him. So he took out his sword and cut one of the soldiers' ears off. So no doubt, these people were going to kill Peter. Because what soldier will let you cut one of their fellow soldiers' ears off and not retaliate? What soldier would do that? Even the man that he cut himself what person would not retaliate? But Jesus told Peter to put his sword up. Now, <laughs> let me ask you a question. If someone comes into your house with weapons, with a gun, a shotgun, a pistol, I don't care what kind of gun it is, they kick your door in to take your possessions and Jesus tells you to put your weapon up. He said, look, put put your weapon away. Don't 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 do that. I, but but Jesus, look 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 they they got a gun pointed on me right now. Look Jesus, they coming in to steal my kids. They're coming in here to do damage to my family. They're coming to steal everything that I've worked so hard for. But Jesus said, put your weapon down. See, that's when you determine if you truly trust in God. When he tells you to do something and you say, man, I, there is no way. I just can't do that. That doesn't make sense. I got to get them back. But in that situation, Jesus told Peter, he said, put your sword away. They that live by the sword 
<laughs> they'll die by the sword. They'll perish by the sword. So over and over and over, we see the Lord put us in circumstances that we can't react naturally to. We can't react the way that we typically would. And he tells us to do something contrary to what we actually want to do. Just to find out if you trust him. Because, like I said, your own understanding will say, that don't make sense. And your friends will tell you, that don't make sense. Girl, if I was you... <laughs> <laughs> your friends will tell you that they will be contrary to God Job when he was going through so much uh, distraught from losing his family if you don't know the story of Job the man lost his family everyone except his wife his family, his children his land, his cattle, his home, man lost everything. And he was rich. And God took it all away from him. And his wife told him to curse God and die. But he decided to trust in God through it all. Even though he couldn't understand Man, why is, why is this happening to me, God? I thought I was doing right. I thought I was doing everything to the best of my ability, trying my best to live righteously. But so if a situation like that happens to you, if it happens to any of us, can you still trust God? Because the trying of our faith worketh patience. And Jesus told us in one place to have patience to save our souls because we'll need it because he's going to put us through some tests and it's going to take us to have patience to see through the end. He's going to put us through some times where we say, God, I just don't know why you're doing this. I, I just don't understand, but I'm going to hold on to you nevertheless. Will that be you today? Will that be you? Because, and, and this, this is one of the things that we don't really realize. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God is His Word. He, God is the Scriptures. But all too often, people will say, I believe in God, I trust him. But if they see scriptures they don't personally agree with, they say, nah, I ain't doing that now. I ain't doing it. Well, you don't trust God. Because how can you trust God and not his word? His word is him. His word is him. There's so many things people feel that God didn't even mean that. He told us, Jesus told us in one place, he said, look, don't swear 
on the temple. People said all the time, I swear to God. He said, don't do that. Don't swear on something greater than you. <clears throat> say you're not able to change uh, <laughs> one of the hairs on your head. You can't even, you can't do nothing without me. And uh, I think it's Peter uh, or James. I think it's James. But he said, look, don't make a promise. Let your yea be yea, your nay be nay. We don't believe that. He said, oh, saying I swear that, that, that ain't nothing. But God said it is something. Who, who will you trust in? His word or yours? Just because you feel it doesn't mean anything. But will you trust God's word? That's what leaning not to your own understanding is. Because there's a lot of things Tony had to say, man, I didn't know this was in there. Man, that hit me right there. That's talking directly about Tony. I've been doing that. That's me right there. But will you admit it? Will you accept it? The word of God is a two-edged sword. It'll cut you and me. I had to let I had to let it cut me before I could bring it to you to let it cut you. But it's gonna cut you, and you're gonna want to cut me back. <laughs> Literally, you want to fight me. God is serious about this. He designed His Word this way intentionally. To see will we hold on to him. Because he wants to give us everlasting peace. If we keep our minds stayed on him. If we stay in his word. Maybe like you got something to say. <laughs> you must be done. I mean. You just have to trust God. As the time to say do we really trust God. We say that. We say we want to follow Jesus all the time. Represented by the crosses that we wear. Have a picture of a cross on our wall. We have it on our license plates. But when it comes to doing some some of the things he says do, we just won't do them for whatever reason. Because we really don't trust him. We, we trust in everything but him. We run to everything on earth but to God. I see it so often people going through through things and they choose drugs, mm -hmm. therapists or something. But I mean, and they will only give you a temporary solution every time. But when you go to God, it's a permanent solution for this life and the next life. We say we want to follow Jesus, but we don't actually know what that means. If we want to follow Jesus, we actually have to, to do what he did put others above ourselves we don't like knowing that mm -mm. we get envious and jealous when somebody has better things or in a better position than us he says love your neighbor as yourself and uh, we read that story um, a lot of people say the good Samaritan story we read that story before where the, uh, where the man asked who is my neighbor then See in the in the dictionary, a neighbor is probably somebody. It says it's probably somebody that lives next to you. But your neighbor is is everybody. But love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater sacrifice than him who lays down his life for his friends. 
living like Jesus and wanting to follow him, picking up our own cross and denying ourselves comes to us not trying to get even with somebody that's done us wrong, but praying for them and loving our enemies and forgiving them. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. I will never forgive this person for what they've done. And in my head, I'm like, you just don't know what you're hurting. (laughs) Right. And a lot of people just say it out of anger and really don't mean it. But it's a scripture that says we'll give an account for every idle word that we say, whether we mean it or not. Every idle word. So that's why we get on here week in and week out to bring the true word of God out to the people. Because that's what God has called at least this man to do. He does a great job at it. He definitely showed me a lot of things and a lot of people around us trying to open the eyes of the people before it's too late. Because one day it will definitely become too late. Scripture says every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. But the majority of those knees will bow too late. The majority of those tongues will confess too late. So that's why we try to get on here begging and pleading people to open the Bible, take a look and see what it says. And don't take our words for it. Trust what you find in the scriptures. And another thing, and what I always like to end on is the two things, being baptized in Jesus' name and getting the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. A lot of people say that that doesn't make sense because don't they don't sense. trust God. Don't make sense. One person said to me, so God will send you to hell if you didn't get in a tub filled with water they got out the drain. <laughs> don't trust God and the understanding isn't there. See, that's what God does. He chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. My so sometimes it just takes us to well all the time it just takes us to become obedient even if we don't understand it just do it like what Jesus mother said to the people at the wedding just do it and it'll become clear one day everything that God made you go through will become clear but as soon as something gets rocky as soon as something goes array or goes bad we run to everything but God. And he's the one that's going to make things better permanently. Remember Tony um, brought up Job. <laughs> Let us lose all our family. Let us lose our house. Let us lose everything on the farm that we have. We probably would have listened to our wife when um, she said curse God and die. Mm-hmm. But he remained obedient. And as we see at the end of that book, he was blessed with more, way more than he had at the beginning for being obedient. Because why? He trusts God. And he's asking us to have that same trust in him today. Not saying that you're going to lose every single thing. But he's asking us to have the same trust that um, Job had back back then. But can we do it? Will you do it? It may seem hard. But it's not. We just don't want to do away with our way. The way that we've been brainwashed into living soon as we're old enough to comprehend things we've been taught go to school get a good education get a good job and i'm not knocking education but we trust in that we trust in that to make a living like man i have to get all this money i can i see it all the time on facebook or anywhere i gotta get this money i'm all about me and this bag secure the bag and then the place in the old testament it says (laughs) you gain wages and put it in the hole put it in the bag filled with holes 
Because they got a bag and their money falling out as they walking down the street. They don't even know. <laughs> but it's where we put our trust in. Our trust is in the wrong things. As we just read in the 10th chapter of Mark, his trust was in his possessions. The man, when he asked what can he do to gain eternal life. Now, me, if I had a chance to talk to Jesus face to face and ask him, what, man, tell me right here and now, what do I need to do to get into heaven? <laughs> I would like to say that I would do it. Because it's guaranteed eternal life. I mean, you can't beat that. It's guaranteed Said riches will be in the kingdom of God for you. Just do what I say. Just put your trust in me. And even though we may not be able to see it at the time, just continue to put your trust in me, as Jesus would say. But, I mean, I see we don't have many questions tonight or any at all. So, well, I guess we'll wrap it up here rather shortly. It's under shortly. under an hour. Usually only here for about two hours. <laughs> But um, if that be all, then we'll wrap it up right here. And thank you for watching. And for our, uh, let's just say, Robert asks, does your does your page have a way to donate? <laughs> Robert, we're not looking for any money. Um, I, I've been asked this question. One of my uncles actually came to me um, and, and brought up the same thing. And it's not something that we reach out to people and say, hey, give us some money. Um, but what I have realized is that money, which I knew that anyways, but money will help you. So uh, we probably will come up with a way so that if people want to donate, they can. But like I said, we're not coming on here asking people to donate. But if God places it on your heart to do so, then we'll figure out a way to do it but like i said it is not something um, that we're coming on here saying hey sow your seed put money into this and god's gonna god's gonna give you it that's not what we're about it's just about getting god's true word out there but the bible says money is the answer so yes we do need money to do certain things but ultimately god will pay us for the job yeah. we do but we will um and I, I need to think about that anyways we'll but we'll figure out a way if god places it on somebody's heart to donate we will figure out a way uh so that it be possible but uh good question but no we don't actively promote people to um, give us money uh, that, that's not what this is about but definitely thank you for asking thank you we really appreciate it And so, again, thank you for watching, uh, Robert, Courtney, and Ann. Thank you for the, the comments. Uh, Robert says, thank you guys in the middle of finding a church home, and you guys have blessed me while being in the process. Thank you, and God bless you both. Thank you. Thank you so thank much, you Robert. So much, thank you. Man. It thank means you. a lot that thank you are one of the few people that are willing to listen. Well, Definitely continue to tune in. Continue to tune in. Please tune in do. and ask questions. Please do. Interact in a way you can. And, and even if we're not on the live stream, if you ever have any questions, just shoot the page a, a question or our personal pages. It doesn't matter. Just reach out. If anything's on your mind, definitely ask. Definitely. Thank you again. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it. Words cannot express how much we do appreciate it. 
And um, as I always say, shortly after we um, go li- go live, uh, we'll be uploading audio versions to all major podcast directories. All of our previous episodes are on, on there. And all the future ones will be there, too. And for the podcast listeners, we go live every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time so that you can catch these episodes live and ask live questions and get live feedback. Well, it may be a little delay, but it's still still live nonetheless. So um, if you just Google JMS Bible at Facebook, uh, it can page can be easily found. So come there, uh, drop us a question um, in our inbox if you have any questions or concerns. And if that be it, again, thank you for watching, and we'll definitely see you guys next Thursday at the same time. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a blessed night.